Hi, guys. Well, from unseasonably chilly Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, we've got an interview with Andrew Gold, yeah. uh, podcaster, documentary guy, uh, journalist. Uh, yeah, and he's, a, a t- TV present, presenter yeah. uh, for the BBC. Really, and and all around fascinating cat. Yeah, uh, who's going to tell us a spooky ghost story? Ooh. Sorry, not ghosts. He's going to tell us a spooky demon story. Oh. So even better than ghosts. Yeah, that, well, uh, that he, works for Halloween, which of course it is today. Uh, Man, yeah, happy ha- Halloween! Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> There, there, what, what, what's your bet? Will anybody come to your door wanting candy? I'm gonna guess not. Not where I live. We well, have... not yeah, but like probably very few trick or treaters in general. Because you know, tis now you could get something really spooky like a you know global <laughs> pandemic disease. <laughs> so there is that. But before we, but before we, uh, we talk to Andrew. Uh, we got to get to some stories. We got some news, Dan. Some stuff that happened this week. There's okay. a big old world out there. Um, right. And I've got a story about some some witches who are trying to do something <laughs> about all that. Trying about to, the... trying to trying to help out in the world. Oh, oh, okay. Trying to normally to you think of witches right as being the where things once went wrong. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they uh, this last Friday, uh, thousands of witches across the country. Decided to uh, cast a binding spell on Donald Trump, oh. uh, and ensuring his failure in the upcoming election in just a couple days. Actually, oh my gosh! So well, that sounds terrifying. I, mean, I hope I hope it works. <laughs> yeah. I hope you know. Like, yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, you know. Uh, what, what's the thing about uh, strange bedfellows? Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, I um, apparently the you know witches have been uh, working against Trump uh, even before he was uh, elected the first time. Yeah, I remember there being a story about <laughs> uh, about them trying this that first election. I I'm not overly confident that they're going to be able to succeed, judging by their uh, their their past record. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, according to this article, Dan, that I have uh, pulled up. The number of witches in the country has been on the rise. So if it's a numbers game, they probably have uh, a better chance than ever. Um, oh. Yeah, researchers looking back, uh, you know, to 1990 estimated that uh, there were only 8,000 Wiccans in the United States. Um, okay. And as of 2014, I mean, that's not, you know, it's not yesterday, but... Um, the Pew, Pew Research Center um, estimated that there were somewhere between 1 and 1. 1.5 million uh, Wiccans or pagans in, in the country. Oh I mean, that's God. quite this the span. So... I mean, that's a good margin of error for them, yeah, half a million I... people. But um, I'm just going to say, I think that that right there, those statistics are proof that the Internet's a bad thing. <laughs> what, that people have... That there's like, that there's the so people. many more people calling themselves witches at this point. Just shut up. Oh, little, Just, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I don't want to make too much fun of, of witches um, or make it too personal. But um, I know of at least a couple 
um, women here in Salt Lake who were out casting spells this weekend. Getting, getting um, witchy. Getting witchy. I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't actually have a lot of details about whether they were participating in this, but I would assume so. But I think that, that there's something interesting for happening in a country, right? When mm. you go from 8,000 um, 30 years ago, right, to possibly a million and a half uh, five years ago, right? Wow. Like, yeah. the, the, like there's something, I don't know what people, obviously there's a disenchantment with religion in general, right? And so this is maybe spiritual, but not religious type thing, right? Where people yeah. are just kind of, they want to feel a connection, right? Right. And, uh, and I think to be honest, it's kind of fun. I mean, uh, it, it feels like it might kind of be a little feminist, in ways right yeah absolutely and and so and i do think that that's part of the draw of of wicca is that it is a feminist uh or 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 at least a woman positive religion which in the religious world is vanishingly rare so i'm i'm all for it on that front it's just (laughs) i would love to see like numbers on wicca and how many wiccans like are genuinely believers in these spells and stuff and how many just think of it as like you say kind of fun yeah well i mean but if nothing else they're really freaking out the christians which i think is fantastic (laughs) yeah because actually yeah this story comes from cbn um and the 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 tone of the article is is kind of funny um so the opening paragraph says as if battling House Democrats' impeachment inquiry against him wasn't enough, President Donald <laughs> Trump will have uh, will, ha- will will next have to face a binding spell cast by thousands of witches on Friday night. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's terrifying. These, uh, yeah. Anyway, kind of fun. I love All it. All right. Well, I am going to take us to. Uh, to a story that involves a, a young one going to school, uh, and she, I guess in Tennessee, um, although her dad is an interesting cat, because we, we've actually encountered him before. His name is Pastor Rich Penkoski okay. of the Warriors for Christ DC chapter. <sighs> uh, they, they were the ones, they filed a... Uh, a federal lawsuit earlier this summer um, against uh, Washington D.C., claiming that uh, that the mayor there putting up the Black Lives Matter. Uh, you remember they painted the road that leads up to yeah. the White House yeah. with Black Lives Matter, which was a brilliant bit of trolling <laughs> on uh, on Mayor Muriel Brown Bowser's uh, part. Right. Uh, these dingholes decided to sue. Based on the fact that uh, the that the mayor had broken the law by uh, espousing Black Lives Matter, which is a cult and is a denominational sect of the religion of secular humanism. Oh my God! So, uh, so I I think I think to them everything in the world is a religion. Uh, <laughs> if you disagree with them, then you're just in the opposite religion of them or whatever. <laughs> anyway, these guys uh, they're. He's suing again, this time because his 15-year-old daughter 
went to school. Pro- definitely, this was her own choice, and he didn't put her up to this at all. You don't wearing know. a sh- <laughs> wearing a T-shirt that says "Homosexuality is a sin." First Corinthians six nine ten. Oh God! Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. So uh, she was sent home, as is very appropriate. Uh, but he just, he has decided to sue. And here's here's the thing. Uh, he's suing on a bunch of fronts. He's suing that this is uh, you know a, br- a breach of her religious freedom and her free speech and uh and due process and equal protection and uh and and you know this breaks tennessee's religious freedom restoration act all this stuff here's the thing she should have been sent home because what she was wearing was something that would be deeply hurtful to other students at her school right but that's not why she was sent home or that's not the reason that the school gave because schools are often run by (laughs) ding-dongs The reason that the school gave was that uh, the shirt had a, quote, sexual connotation. Oh, God. Shut up, you idiot. No, it doesn't. It says homosexuality is a sin. There's no sexual connotation to that other than it has the word sex in the middle of it. Uh, But that's why they sent her home. uh, So they do uh, the right thing for the absolute wrong reason. Right. I, I'm going to believe the school administrators on this one, right? Because yeah. you cannot, in their silly little minds, bring up gay people without them immediately thinking of sex. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just shows how ignorant they are, that they're just as ignorant on the on, on the topic as, right. as uh, this idiot pastor is. Yeah. Um, but it means that, that they've opened themselves up to a potentially successful lawsuit if you ask me because if that's their reason for sending him home or for sending her home uh that's not a good reason yeah i mean that's not or rather the shirt isn't sexual in nature right so they've failed Uh, anyway that's happening who knows what'll be what'll come of it but uh but yeah teach teach your people uh about why things are good and why or or bad because Getting it wrong like that is so stupid. Oh, my God. Well, Dan, yeah. I'm going to stay on the topic of homosexuals. Um, you know, we I mean, we talked about last week Pope Francis opening his big fat mouth about same-sex <laughs> unions. Um, right. Civil, civil unions. unions. Right. Um, and, you know, this, it, it actually, it it's been very interesting to see how the world has responded because you have places like Venezuela where their president is now actually openly calling for civil unions um, oh, to be adopted um, and there's a couple other um, South American countries that are it's sort of been in conversation right and the, and the they pope feel like would have had a, the pope is actually w- probably going to influence the, yeah. the adoption of civil unions and um, and and i know some people in this country were kind of scared that maybe that it was like you know potentially trying to give cover for Mm. um politicians who might want to scale back gay marriage 
and saying right. that, well, but we can do civil unions instead, right? Which is just bullshit. And if they scaled back gay marriage, if they succeed in that, they wouldn't give us civil unions in its place. <laughs> um, but nonetheless... Because it's not different. It's exactly, it's the, exactly same the same thing, you morons. Like, it, it, it would be just lunacy to, to waste their time on that. But guess yeah. what? We're not completely out of the woods with gay marriage in this country. So, um, no. nor a lot of things. Thank you. Donald Trump and your new Supreme Court justice. But anyway, uh, Franklin Graham, yeah. um, we know that name around these parts. Uh, he, oh, yeah. <laughs> Billy's boy. He, uh, he came out uh, not as gay. Not as gay, of course. As gay? Um, oh, my God. But um, oh. against this, uh, these statements by Pope Francis, uh, lashed out, in fact, I guess you could say, um and he oh says that the pope's comments yeah he were doesn't unthinkable, like uh in light of the word of god and he he goes on he says for pope francis mm. to attempt to normalize homosexuality is to say that holy scriptures are false that our sins really don't matter and that we can continue living in them uh, he says this all on Facebook. Um, if that were true, <laughs> then Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection wouldn't have been needed. The cross would have been for nothing. No one has the right or authority to trivialize <laughs> Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. So oh. um, I think it was oh. obviously predictable that yeah. American uh, religious types would be upset about uh, the Pope opening his mouth uh, in... What I see as a um, an attempt to um, help or, or, or encourage societies to move on from this issue, right? Like, right. because basically what what the Pope said is homosexual people have the right to be in a family. They are children of God. You can't kick someone out of a family nor make their life miserable for this. What we have to have is a civil union law that way they are legally covered essentially all the pope is saying is we just we just need to live in in a society right be good neighbors and 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 yeah. and, and, and i started yeah. thinking about it in terms of this is this is nothing more than 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 what the the the, the uh courtesies that you grant a neighbor let's say who has a very different background yeah. from yours. Right. And the whole point here, uh, and, and this is what Franklin Graham doesn't want anyone to realize is that civil laws yeah. aren't supposed to be about your religion. They're not. That's, that's a separate thing exactly. that you should do on your own. But like, yeah, when you, if you say my religion doesn't let me be uh, a homosexual, right. Okay. But if you say my religion doesn't let you be a homosexual, now we got a problem. Right, exactly. Right. And so, you know, I mean, I get why Pope Francis is probably, you know, hesitant to use the word marriage, right? Because the, sure. in a Catholic context, that is uh a sacrament, right? Yeah. Um and and for for whatever reason, civil union sits well with him. And I'm and at this point I'm just like fine because if lives are made better throughout the countries where his voice is going to have some some some, some, some meaning and sway, then I'm all for it. I say yeah. I say this is this is fucking amazing and like for for seriously Venezuela within days 
the president, whatever Maduro or whatever his name is, he he was coming out and saying, yes, this is something that we need to do. And Maduro is well, a piece of shit, right? Like, yeah. So like. <laughs> So great. Go, awesome. go Pope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he may have accidentally done some good in the world. Great. Well done. <laughs> I don't think it was accidental. I'll give him credit. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to take us to the Twitter sphere uh, where a, a member of the United States House of Representatives, mm. uh, this is, this is uh, Louisiana Representative Clay Higgins, oh. has, uh, has, Really, he's gone viral. And it's probably his first time going viral. Most of his tweets have, you know, eh, maybe 10 or 15 people uh, responding. Okay. But then he did one tweet that that got a little bit more response. Oh. Uh, so uh, to the tune of 51,000 people commenting on it. Oh, and jeez. 7,000 people liking it. Oh, this can't and, be good. <laughs> I'll just read it to you and I'll let you make the call. Okay. Quote My wife has the gift of premonition. Last night she dreamed that federal squads were in our home seizing guns, knives, quote, unauthorized foods, and stored water. <laughs> they said we had been reported. Becca awoke crying. What happened to our freedom, she asked. What indeed? <laughs> uh, what's an guess, unauthorized food, by the way? Right? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, we live in a country where that guy can tweet that and not fear losing his job as a representative of our government? What? the fuck is happening oh that's amazing oh my god the well gift a lot of, of premonition people... yeah like oh god do you care to demonstrate clay what other things she has premonist well uh, you know what uh, we just need to start like keeping a log of these kind of comments right and just yeah. repeatedly bringing them up in public when they clearly haven't come true Right? right because nobody's coming for his unauthorized foods but what <laughs> is he what what is it yeah what do you have? do you have a stash of communion wafers in the fridge or something like <laughs> I was what think, the like, hell uh, are, what, what are the species on the ex, uh, ex, uh, on the endangered <laughs> species <laughs> list yeah <laughs> He's got bald eagle in the fridge, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are the liberal goon squads going to be mad that you're eating? For oh, man, oh, you know what it is? It's he thinks that all they think that all of the liberals are like vegans or whatever, are raging vegans. So maybe he thinks <laughs> he doesn't have any tofu. It's gonna be beef. He's gonna have his beef taken oh, away. Oh golly, that's amazing. Oh. People tweeted back, of course, talking about things like. Uh, last night, I dreamed that my cancer treatment cost $20,000 and I didn't have the money, and I woke up and it was true. You know, just... Uh, <laughs> oh, and I that, started you know, to laugh, and that's bad. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, people people have real problems, Representative Clay. They, we don't need to... You don't need to ask what happened to our freedom for an event that was your wife's stupid dream. Oh, God. Amazing. 
Yeah. Absolutely. My wife has the gift of dreams also. They're usually quite boring and none of them come true. So. But she still tells you about them. She still tells me about them. It's true. Well, Dan. Yes? Uh, th- something happened, uh, God, probably, what, a week or two ago? Uh, definitely over a week. Um, but we didn't we didn't talk about it on the show last week. And we probably should have brought it up. Uh, it it's the the story of what's going on in France right now with um, the 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 school teacher who was murdered. Oh yeah. Uh, over having uh, discussed some Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad, uh, some cartoons and whatnot in the classroom. And I don't know all the details specifically of like exactly what went down. Right. Um, as far as like, I, I do know that the lesson was about um, sort of uh, censorship and freedom of speech and so forth and so on. Right. Like the, right. that was the context. That's why he was bringing it up. Um, basically sort of making the point that in France there should be no like off limit subjects like that right right um and it wasn't specifically uh, you know or it doesn't seem like it was a specific attack on islam but they were having a, a a conversation about that issue well um the story gets out and he ends up getting beheaded in the streets right yeah. and it was it became a national um just tragedy I mean, yeah. the uh, president macron has um come out and publicly defended the cartoons uh, in general you know there was years ago there was the uh was it charlie Hebdo right um inspired massacre yeah uh, that that happened uh because of some some cartoons of the prof of the of muhammad right to be clear and, for those who may not know in Islam, you're not allowed to make a representation of Muhammad. So yeah, so fair. they find it deeply offensive. Exactly. Uh, but shut up, we you. That means you don't draw pictures of him. It doesn't mean that we don't draw pictures. Yeah, you of can't him. tell us what to do. Right. right. Like, like that's again part of living in a free society. And you know, and I don't want to be the whole like if you're going to move to the West, you know, you better play by all our rules. But kind of, if you move to the West, you got to play by our rules. And you at least have to play by the rules where you don't cut anyone's head off. That's (laughs) that's one of the rules that we do insist. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, the um the the Muslim world has absolutely freaked out about um Macron's response and sort of the general French response of outrage over this. Um, they um are are calling for in fact it was the turkish president uh, erdogan um who has called for people to not buy french goods to boycott oh, uh, wow. french products yeah um and uh, let's see he says european leaders must say stop to macron and his campaign of hatred uh because again islam creates very sensitive people about <laughs> yes yeah. Like they, 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 you think Christians think they're always under attack. Um, like Muslims, uh, boy, well, in fairness, Muslims are frequently under attack. I mean, Fair Christians, enough. Christians, but they also that they attack. Are. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they also like to attack anyway. Um, yeah. So throughout, um, the Muslim world, 
companies are 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 boycotting French products. Uh, Kuwait has re- uh, the, there's a chain of supermarkets that wow. has pulled French products. Uh, there's also a, a boycott campaign in Jordan, uh, Qatar. Um, Qatar University has also postponed its French Cultural Week indefinitely at this oh. point, um, which I have a feeling they're probably during this Cultural Week missing a lot of the core points of sort of <laughs> like the French values of right. like, right, of, especially of like free speech and openness. And I, it's probably not just enough to have some baguettes and, and uh, berets around. Well, you can't um, get those anymore anyway. Good, good luck finding good luck a, finding a decent wheel of I brie. Know. Oh, this would be awful. <gasps> Pate de fragois. <laughs> what would you do, Dan? Ugh. Your 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 wonderful glass of Bordeaux. Yeah, Dan. It's all over. Oh, how can you? You just can't. To be honest, there are a couple French products I would not want to live without. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a very interesting thing that's happening. The United States <laughs> State Department has called on um, our two NATO allies, <laughs> France and Turkey, to basically stop fighting. Kiss and make and I'm up. I'm just like, boy, that's choice. That's choice, United States. Yeah. The way you, we've been treating uh, NATO. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's well done. Well done, State Department. Sounds about right. <sighs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, I wanted y- you and I, I'm going to take you back a little bit. I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, remind you of a time, uh, uh, what was it? Four years ago, something like that, where you and I went to, uh, Madison, Wisconsin oh, and, yeah. and were invited to speak at the free thought festival, uh, hosted uh, by yeah. the, the University of Wisconsin Madison, and it was, was a lovely. delightful thing. Yeah, and uh, and we were the uh, the final speakers of of the conference. Um, and our opening act was a we, there was a, there was some horrible mistake made because we were definitely we were not the headliners of the evening. <laughs> no. Uh, but the headliner was a it was a, a fascinating and wonderful character, one that we've talked to on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, one James Amazing Randy. Yeah, uh, and we lost. He's a he, he was. We lost him this week uh, at the age of ninety two. He he passed yeah. away, and I just wanted to 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 bid him a farewell and to 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 chat just briefly about. What an amazing character he was. Uh, no kidding. Because Absolutely no kidding. In a world of uh, snake oil salesmen and uh, charlatans and uh, cons, yep. he was a voice of reason and sanity. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a, uh, the preeminent uh, debunker. Yep. for a long time and and put himself out there as such uh, kind of became quite famous when uh when he went up against a guy named Yuri Geller who was oh, a, yeah. who was a uh supposed psychic and uh and claimed and to be a bender yeah he could manipulate <laughs> metal with his mind he could do all of these amazing feats and he did them all the time and people were just blown away he had been studied yeah. by professors who were convinced of his powers 
And then he went on uh, The Tonight Show, then with Johnny Carson. Yeah. And uh, Johnny reached out to the amazing Randy, or maybe Randy yeah. reached out to Johnny and said, hey, if, you, if you're having Geller come on, let me tell you how to, uh, how to make sure that he's not cheating. Right. And all he did was just say, okay, you guys supply the props for him. He'll want spoons. Right. He'll want things that move around, you know, a ball that can move, a, a metal ball or whatever. And just make sure that he doesn't have access to them until the moment of. Right. And uh, and you're and so the show opens. I I've seen the clip. I'm sure you have, Frank. Uh, mm -hmm. Anybody who hasn't seen the clip, go. You can see there's a, a documentary called An Honest Liar about James Randi, and it has this clip of Yuri Geller going on the Tonight Show. And, you know, there, there's Johnny Carson. He pulls, he, he pulls the, uh, the, the sort of cloth off of all of these props and says, all right, go. And Yuri just sits there and goes, uh. Yeah. And then just says, I'm sorry, I am, uh, I'm, I'm too tired. I can't. I, I, well, doesn't I just, he kind of pick them up and kind of play with them a little yeah. bit? And then it's just like, yeah, I just can't. I can't. And like, you he just, puts on a little bit of a show. You see him. You can. Yeah. You, I'm surprised smoke didn't actually come out of his ears because you see him desperately trying to process how to get himself out of it. Well, and didn't they have uh, James Randi actually come out and sort of demonstrate how you could like make a spoon look like it's falling apart? Or was that a different? That was a different thing. thing. Uh, okay. Uh, right. And he may have come on in different times, but yes, Randi right. was this guy who would go and he, and the thing is, he was a trained his his background was as a ma magician he called himself a conjurer right. i think um and right. he would so he would basically you know he would say i can't disprove that what these people are doing yeah. is bull it, it, i can't i can't sh dem demonstrate for sure that it's bullshit but what i can do is show you that i can do exactly the same thing and uh and i'm using trickery so at very least, I can demonstrate that it can be done using trickery. He was also the guy that right. that went in and uh, and and totally blew the doors off of Peter Popov, who was a, a televangelist. Uh, and he uh, and he was the, he went in and found that and found the radio frequency that Popov's wife was feeding him information into his little earpiece as he right, amazingly right. as god was telling him you know i'm gonna heal is there dorothy smithers here oh dorothy your gout is going to be healed by jesus and then she'd be amazed and whatever and it was just popov's wife going okay fine now your next person is dorothy smithers so right it was amazing he at one point uh also established a million dollar prize for anyone who, under reasonable uh, scientific conditions, could demonstrate any supernatural ability. If you're a psychic, hmm. great. Well, let's figure out a way that we can both agree would, would test your ability and you can, you know, and you'll win a million dollars. If you're whatever, whatever it is that you're claiming you can do, telekinesis, fine, let's do it. And no one ever claimed that million dollars. Yeah, Lot, amazing. Lots of people tried, but it turns out <laughs> that uh, that psychics and all that stuff is bullshit. Otherwise, yeah. there'd be a million dollar. There'd be somebody walking around with a million dollars more. So, thanks, Randy, for everything you've done. Your legacy is astounding, 
and uh, we will just assume that la- uh, you're dead now, so you can't hear this. So, <laughs> well, I kind of like like uh, there was a Nova special when I was a teenager, right? Yeah, that um, I really liked. Like I, th- I thought it was absolutely wonderful, and I watched it a, a number of times. Um, I must have recorded it or something because I, I I remember it so completely well. Uh, and it was this guy going around, um, debunking psychics and different phenomenon and whatnot. And it was just a one-off. It was a Nova, right? So it was just this one time and it was really like, and, and, and the show was really clear about sort of the back end about like how the trickery could work and how you do these things and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of different little tricks were shown and how they work and, and, uh, and it wasn't until much, much, much later, probably until like an honest liar came out, that I connected that it was was James Randi, yeah, uh, that had hosted it. And so, like, I like this guy was like, who knows how valuable that episode of Nova was on sort of helping me, young Frank, right, like yeah. figure out like how to think more critically um, about the world I was being presented with. And, and so like he, he, he had this amazing and powerful impact. Like, like just, he's a real loss. Like it's, it's so too bad that some people have to get old and die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Although like, I, I'm, he was... I'm very glad that he got old because he turned more and more into a little wizard, uh, as, <laughs> as he got older. And that's when we got to meet him was in full on yeah. wizard stage. Uh, and sure, that was yeah. delightful. So yeah, uh, no, he was wonderful. Uh, Godspeed, Randy, and thanks for all the fish. Well, if you guys have anything that you want uh, that you'd like to comment about, please write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around, there is more show coming up. Hey, Dan. Yes? There's something we like to do on this show, and it's it's playing clips, little audio clips, of preachers making sense. <laughs> right, right. The one thing that we definitely, <laughs> that there's an abundance of, is preachers <laughs> finding themselves aligning with reality. That's our, that's, that's, the, that's how preachers do. It's their big oh, thing. Oh, absolutely. So this is, this is Hank Kuhneman. Yeah. I guess that's how you say it. I, I, I pronounce it Hankuna Matata. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, and he uh, he had a he had a dream, right? Yeah. Well, well, this guy. Let me tell you something. Yeah, his dreams are better than any congresswoman congresswoman's wife will ever be, and uh, and he he knows what's going to happen. He knows the future, and we get to hear it straight from his Elvis-looking face. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna play it for you. God said something, I had a dream, and I'll go very quickly. Before President Trump came down with COVID, this is a documented dream. I, I contacted several people and let them know. I, I, I was in a, in a room with the president. He, he asked me to pray for him. 
I said, yes. He said, now pray the way that you pray. And I prayed for him. And he pulled me to his left ear, which is interesting, Marcus. It was his left ear because he wanted me, God wanted me to comfort him regarding the left. And I said to him, President Trump, they're going to pull you off of the campaign trail. You're going to be pulled off for a short season. Don't worry about it. It's for your safety. But the second thing is, there is coming a Hezekiah moment to your life. Here I was prophesying that he was going to get sick in the dream. And, and I said to him, I said, but just like Hezekiah, who reminded God of the good that he did, for the nation and in the nation, you will have an encounter with God that you will speak to him privately. But God is requiring this so that he could have access, just like he did with Hezekiah, to the nation that will extend a time frame to the nation. And, you know, President Trump said he talked to God more than you ever talked to him in that hospital. He cried out to God. And just like Hezekiah, Hezekiah said, God, remember the good that I've done. So did President Trump. As a result, God extended what was a Hezekiah moment, 15 years, not only to the king, but to the nation. Because of what happened with President Trump just recently, he calling out to God has extended God's hand that's going to extend over three elections. That's what the Lord said. Oh, well, I'm glad that he documented that dream, just like we now have documentation of him and his prophecy. So we'll, we'll let's find out yeah. how good Jar did. Yeah, this part, this part is documented for sure. Uh, you just said <laughs> he's going to get not one, but two more terms as as president uh, of the United States. So that, uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, no, he's not. Uh, Sorry, I, I, but he's not. I don't know who Hezekiah is, but hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I assume he's wrong about that. Right. Uh, like this whole like calling for Trump to have three terms in office, like, um, like yeah. you know, we don't know. We, we don't know the outcome of this election yet. It's possible that Trump's going to have another term. Um, it, as horrifying of a thought as that is. Yeah. But I'm, I feel pretty good in saying... He's not going to have a third term. Well, like, fuck you. No, there's no fucking way. Yeah, the stuff that would um, have to happen then would be the, Yeah, outrageous. the sequence of events to, to get him there. None of us want to live through it. Um, but the other thing that I think is really interesting, and it kind of occurred to me while listening to this guy talk, because it's been weird to me how many of these preachers like to get up about some dream that they had where they were talking to Trump. Yeah. Right? And then they say that quickly, and then the rest of it is just this story about, and then I said to Trump, and then Trump did this, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And it's, I think it's just this trick to put themselves in the room with Trump. To make them right? sound like they they had because a private audience. And Trump, yeah. you know, Trump listens to what I say in my yeah, dreams. Yeah, exactly. In my dreams. Dream Trump really likes what I, my prophecies. He's, uh, he's, um, really, he's really fascinated. So <laughs> we like to talk. It's so lame. So dumb. Oh, my God. God. These guys. Well, we had somebody write into us uh, I wanted to get to. Uh, this is from Dan in the Catskills, who says, Hi, guys. I just wanted to let you know what they taught me in Catholic school was that the Pope himself is fallible. We had you, This is because we were talking about the Pope, and we had talked mm. about how, how he was supposedly infallible, so how yeah. could he have gotten... And you put a call out, yeah, to uh, yeah, explain exactly, this. exactly. Because <laughs> how could he have gotten things wrong? Because he keeps saying things, and then quote the Vatican keeps coming out and saying, uh, "No, no, no, he didn't mean that." Right. right so right. Uh, this is so Dan says, uh, "Yeah, what they taught me in Catholic school was that the Pope himself is fallible, but his official edicts on matters of faith are infallible, 
if they are spoken from the chair of St. Peter or written as an official papal bull, and uh, these are relatively uncommon with only five since 1950. Is it a literal chair? I hope so. Is there a, a, a chair of St. Peter? You're the one that lived in Rome for two years. <laughs> Shouldn't you know that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't Go see the I mean, chair. They've got a lot of... They got a lot of weird things that belong to people, and yeah. including body parts that belong to people. Yeah. Um, but I bet there. I bet it's like a a throne or chair. Hey, write in. Tell yeah, us exactly. Now we need somebody to write in to, to clarify that thing. I, all I want in the world now is for a pope to go just a little, just barely crazy enough that they go and mm. sit in the chair, and they're like, "Okay, these are all official things. Everybody ready?" Okay, weasels are now food. Everybody should be eating those. Also, uh, <laughs> swimming with the dolphins is the same as praying to Jesus. And just no, no, people shouldn't be swimming with dolphins. Like I just want a crazy pope. End this. What I'm saying is, I want a crazy pope. <laughs> no, he should. But if he's going to be crazy, denounce swimming with dolphins. Okay, like, fine. Like that needs to happen. But but come out as being so pro gay that it's not even and, funny. And pro weasel, I'm fine with pro weasel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going against Leviticus, so I don't know how that how that's going to work out. Um, do we have anybody to thank this week? We do indeed, Dan. Oh, good. Um, we have a new teacher by the name of Lil Stapler. <laughs> Woohoo! I love a good little. I love a good little stapler little stapler yeah um so yeah so thank you so much for uh heading on over to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on that support tab that was really nice of you. i believe that that is the first bit of office supply equipment that we have ever <laughs> given the priesthood to so just a little thing. Uh, i'm glad it wasn't a large stapler because it's harder to get your hands on the lay on those <laughs> anyway um, and then, of, of course, as always, Dan, we have our top donor, our Lord and Savior to thank, Davis! Woo! Well, thank you all so much. We appreciate uh, you and everything that you do for us, and more show to come. Hey, Frank. Dan! It is uh, the spookiest of all the seasons. Oh my it's, god! Here we are. We're and it's that is election holiday. season. <laughs> oh no no no! American you're right. elections. Oh, no, you're right, Dan. I'm oh. talking about uh, the Halloween Halloween type season, and we decided that we would bring on someone who could tell us a very spooky story. Uh, <laughs> so we've got Andrew Gold with us here. Uh, BBC presenter and journalist uh, Andrew Gold. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we we, we really appreciate you coming here, uh, and you especially especially because you're going to tell us uh, what I perceive to be a genuinely spooky story, <laughs> which uh, which involves demons, and it involves. Uh, but the demons are not really the scary part of your story. Uh, it's the demon, it's the guy who's trying to deal with the demons that's yeah. the scariest part of your story. 
Do you yeah. want to tell us sort of what, where you went and, and what you were dealing with? Yeah, well, I mean, from his point of view, I was probably the scariest part of the story. Well, that's true. <laughs> you're you're kind of a demon to him. Yeah, we worked with that on that metaphor a little bit in the documentary, actually, because there's a bit of, there's a bit where he's shouting about the devil, and you can sort of see me walking out of his church and stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's a. Uh, this was this was in Argentina. I was living there for a while, and there was this priest who is an exorcist. Um, he was actually of the Lutheran uh, denomination, but I think he, you know, I I, I think he's just sort of a, a lone soldier against the demons or whatever he you know oh yeah yeah and he did use that metaphor right he used a, a sort of war metaphor yeah when talking about it i think that was all very exciting for him and i think <laughs> you know he had like uh all around his church he'd have like all this uh like um movie memorabilia you know like uh, from the oh. exorcist and all of that kind of stuff and he he superimposed his face into like the character's oh my face God. that's yeah. so weird <laughs> so this was the thing i was like sitting around in um in buenos aires where you know i lived and i was just like looking into stories you know and there's a there's so much stuff in argentina i was looking at all these different things and i just turned the tv on every now and then and he just kept popping up on different channels and huh. the thing about buenos aires is it's it's really is quite a lot of it is very modern and very much like Europe. It's very sort of almost like being in like a big city in Italy or, or right. Spain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you don't, oh, I suppose you guys in America, you've got some weird TV channels as well. Because um, <laughs> it's not something we have, you know? You know that thing of like the priests talking to you on in, on TV channels? I've, I've not oh, grown yeah. up with that stuff, you know? We invented that shit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Te televangelism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we so yeah, we just didn't have any of that. I, I mean, it must exist, but it's really not there. So, um, right, yeah, it was weird for me to see this exorcist guy being taken. It's a very Catholic country, Argentina. Um, so it was being taken very seriously as he was like, you know, they'd have the news and then be like, and what do you think, Padre Manuel? And he'd be like, well, today um, Jupiter is going to be near to whatever. And so it means demons are going to be out and you've got to have a bit of garlic and just loads of not. It was like a mixture of religion with like. Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, that you've got, you've got like some Bram Stoker shit coming in there. <laughs> you've got that. You've got. Uh, astrology that's yeah. that's pretty amazing oh he's got it all man because well, people just want to be entertained you know i think that's what a lot of religion comes down to it's entertaining yeah. it's exciting and it gives you this idea that there must be something out there so you're not going to die and how wonderful um and the, the other thing that, is doesn't got, the entertainment element of this kind of delegitimize him in their eyes yeah, at all 100 percent well in my eyes that's, in your that's... eyes yeah but like i <laughs> like at one point in the documentary he starts playing the yeah. actual the theme song from the exorcist yeah yeah Did, uh tubular bells his, isn't it but the people don't seem to think that that's uh a dead giveaway that he might be just a showman <sighs> you know that uh, he has a lot of followers and stuff and he has this huge social media presence and he he uh, the, sort of the, the center of buenos aires like i say is quite modern and uh, there's a middle class there like very present in the suburbs where he works it's very very impoverished and there's a mm. lack of education and there's very little talking about mental illness and things like that so these people right. if they were suffering from some sort of depression or whatever it might be they don't have a friend they don't have a teacher they don't have a, a family member who's going to tell them what that is so for them they're feeling a, a lot of things like schizophrenia for example uh, or very very severe obsessive compulsive disorder can right. feel very similar to the kinds of things you'd expect from a demon you know like the urges sure. and pushes and 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 intrusive thoughts right so 
they want to believe that instead of, oh no, you're going to have to go through 10 years of probably very expensive medical care, uh, actually, no, I just have to go and turn up with this guy and hmm. he's going to do a lot of whatever and fight the demon. And it, none of it's my fault. It's because of a demon and I'll be better in 10 minutes. So, hmm. you know, the human mind's, I think, amazing at believing stuff and he uses those those stories, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So you you go, you start to investigate the guy, mm. and uh, and 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 you get some pretty good access. He clearly, uh, at, especially at first, wanted you there. He the publicity was uh, was tantalizing for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was this thing. It was like the next big stage. He'd, in his in his mind, he'd perhaps conquered Buenos Aires or maybe even the whole of Argentina with his social media stuff. He'd done this like big time exorcism on this woman called Laura or Paula or she changes her name intermittently in the film but she <laughs> th she was like this, the big you know that was his big uh, that was his blockbuster film you know um, and it right. went really viral and all this stuff so it was like okay I've conquered Argentina and now I'm, I'm in the big leagues someone from the BBC is here um, so he didn't know that I was you know and I didn't believe in any of this I just said to him I really appreciate your work and I'd love mm. to come and, and hang out with you you know and yeah, yeah. so and it. he said yes yeah he what happened i was talking at the time you know i, I didn't get this commissioned by the bbc because i i hadn't worked with them before i'd only worked before with like uh, there's a tv channel in the states called fusion and there was, okay. um, they sold some stuff to hbo in the end but it was like mini documentaries and those were crazy things as well you know uh, looking for ufos with ufo hunters and <laughs> all that kind of mad stuff uh and, and you know what i got i got, became quite interested obviously i never believed in any of these things but i became interested in like why people believe these things what makes sure. them believe in it um so yeah i i I told the BBC, hey, I've got this idea, blah, blah, blah. And they were a bit like, well, you know, we don't really care that much about Argentina, to be honest. It's not, you know, <laughs> our, our audience cares about what happens in England. That's just right. how it, it's just how the, the game works, you know. So I was like, I've got to shoot this, though. So I got a friend of mine who's a great director. And I said, like, come out to Argentina. We're going to have a great time. It's summer in Argentina. It's winter in England. You're going to love it. We'll go to the pool and swim or whatever. It's going to be great. And let's go and film an exorcist as well. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah, there's an exorcist as well. Just come out. We'll shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he came out, you know, with his girlfriend, uh, <laughs> convinced her to come out. And they came out for like three or four months. And he was doing like freelance work and all this different, you know, stuff. And yeah, um, exorcist guy in that time for a few weeks i'd been talking back and forward with him and i told him like look the bbc want to see a um a pilot first which which wasn't technically true you know but it was just like <laughs> it was just like the bbc has said like we like this story but it's not something we're going to put our money into right now so I right. think i've got, I've got to film it and and yeah, he just said, he, you know, he replied in all his emails, the exorcist in a very sort of uh, medieval, religious, uh, proper way that you don't expect in an email, you know, blessed be the fruit or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. All that stuff. And, you know, and he was loving it. He was really, you know, sucking up to me because it was like big English people coming to do whatever, I guess. So, right. Yeah, he loved it. And we, we we started coming to 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 see him, see him do his stuff. Um, we 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 filmed over a period of like five or six weeks, That's and went back, yeah, two or three times a week, and just sort of hung out and hung around the place and started like looking into what he was really doing. Yeah. Well, well and you didn't just look into it. Yeah. You got to participate. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing. So, I mean, I guess I thought this was going to be quite funny. And, you know, sometimes again, it's a very British tradition, but I'm, you have a, a American versions of them, I'm sure. I mean, Michael Moore sort of does not. He's a bit too political, maybe. But um, 
just it's fun to take part in the thing that i'm doing you know and sure <laughs> and uh yeah i i, I thought this is going to be like quite funny um and mm. it, it is funny you know so as you'll have seen i i'm a bit mocking i mean like maybe the closest that you it's sort of sasha baron cohen the borat stuff it's that kind of we've we've got you know you know what i mean the borat yeah. yeah yeah of course of course but you're <laughs> you're not there trying to trick anybody uh or, or or present yourself as anything that you're not you're just there as you mm. i think you it's, to... it's i i equate it to the sasha baron cohen thing and it's something that actually doesn't sit well with me i, I regret it in some ways but the, it, sasha baron cohen obviously is so over the top it's ridiculous but right. i was sort of presenting something that wasn't me because i was pretending i was somebody who who might give what he's doing a, a chance or a fair trial so to speak mm. and that that was just not what I was doing. I was asking him questions about, so do you see vampires every now and then and stuff like that? And he was, he thought I was asking him serious questions, you know? Well, but it turns out, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he, he ends does. up like admitting to like seeing certain things, right? And, oh yeah. And, and yeah, being... I didn't expect, I, I thought, how far can I push it? So what, that's how I felt very <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, if you know what I mean. I felt yeah, very, right. you know, uh, and what about vampires? And I thought that was when he was going to be like, well, but obviously vampires are fictitious, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't. He just kept, you know, s s staring at me straight face and just like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. we've seen vampires, we've seen levitation, seen her <laughs> head turn. Levitation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> levitation. And so I was, you know, doing the whole thing of keeping a straight face, but making fun of him. That's what yeah, I was right. doing. And it's not yeah. that I feel bad about that because he's, I think he's not, not the nicest person. It's just... I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily do that now. It was a couple of years ago I made the film. Right. Um, well, that, well, you know what? Actually, I would do that now. But it's, it's, that's, <laughs> that's how it started. And when I participated in the first exorcism, I got to ring the bells that apparently stave off the devil. Um, that was something that in my mind was going to be funny. And <laughs> seeing this woman sort of splayed out before me, uh, going through what, what I considered to be you know, an absolute mental breakdown, of the mm, highest right. order. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not often you see someone like that. I can only equate it to like a pregnancy or something, especially because he, mm. he often had women and screaming and screaming and they're expelling something from within. Um, and that, that kind of vulnerability, it's like, I'm not qualified to be here, let alone participating in the very thing that's making her act this way. Right. right. So me and my dad. Yeah, I can see that as being a a pretty harrowing moment when when mm. you realize that you're participating in something that might actually be hurting someone yeah yeah that's the thing that was what it was and i think me and david is the is the director david hayes who who came out to film with me and again we were just such a light film uh team it was just me and him and then sometimes we had like a friend uh come along and help with the sounds um hmm. but often it was just the two of us and we just exchanged a glance like oh my god we're in over our heads here what are we doing and he's he's thinking like what have you brought me out here for like to argentina <laughs> it was because in the film you get like we, we show two or three exorcisms we show two and then there's bits of a previous one as well hmm. um that wasn't what we weren't there for but um we show two or three minutes of each one but i mean they took over an hour each time of just mm. screaming like you've never heard um and huh. you know twisting and turning and as if they were in the exorcist the film so, yeah, so we I, made it sorry thought, go on yeah no i just thought that was actually something that stood out to me was sort of the performative nature of yeah. the whole thing like the, the and that they sort of know what to do and i think later on in, in in the piece you kind of hint at it that there's like these 
cues that are given like when the priest is like pushing on your head and trying to push you backwards right yeah. oh yeah um, you got a blessing you yeah. got a big old <laughs> like, but, but like but there's obviously they're they're giving them cues somehow or they're picking up mm. like they know to scream they know to do these various things and i was just wondering about the process because that one girl took like 20 some odd minutes before she really started getting yeah. into it and like yeah. i don't know can you speak to that maybe a little bit of like mm. the, how how do you end up getting the perform like how do they get the performance out of these people like it's so bizarre to me it's really weird i, I think that's probably that probably answers better the question you were asking before about like you know what how do people fall for the whole uh you know superimposing his face onto posters of the exorcist mm. and playing the music and stuff like that i mean you could look at that that is him giving them a sign he's saying if you haven't seen the film this is what it sounds like this is what it looks like this is what you're supposed to do oh interesting yeah, yeah. they've all i mean if you're going to see an exorcist they've all got you know it's a poor area but they've all got youtube and stuff you know so they've seen how exorcists are supposed to go um right. i spoke to a, in the film obviously a psychiatrist who, who had had some of these uh young women that he was exercising um in his care uh, because they had schizophrenia and things like that um and he sort of talked about suggestion and placebo what was really interesting was just um Literally this week, I think, for my uh, podcast, I spoke to a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist, um, and I said to him, can you just watch my exorcist film beforehand because I'm going to ask you a bit about that. And he said, he said, 100%, that is hypnotism. That is what I do. And I was like, wow. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, huh. yeah. So it's going to work every time, almost every time. Uh, some hypnotism doesn't work, right? If you're not uh, if you're not willing to let yourself be hypnotized, but anyone going for an exorcism is going to be the most sort of vulnerable and open people, so they're huh. yeah, always they're, going to react. They're primed to want it to work, so they're going to to yeah. sort of do the things that you would do. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Did you do you guys see uh, on Netflix? Did you know Darren Brown? No. I, I don't think no. I do. You would love Darren Brown. Darren Brown, he's a he's a hypnotist as well, but he's like oh, okay. a really famous guy. He's on you can his shows are on Netflix, and there's one called Miracle, and he oh I have seen that oh yeah yes Old so guy. interesting <laughs> yeah so he he's he, yeah he literally says he goes up on stage and says I have no powers I don't believe in God any of these things don't and i'm still going to cure all of your ailments so people come up to the stage like an old-fashioned uh you know ch evangelical church they come yeah. up on stage and say hey i'm i can't read and he sort of does something he says can you read now and they go yes i can read now and he cures their bad back is your back better yeah my back's better after huh. the show it all goes back to normal but it must be the adrenaline and the the, the whole thing but he shows Just how any that number, works. but he does he does a faith healing yeah with no faith yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And you, you say that's old fashioned, but we live in the United States. That shit happens here still. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. He does it. And it's 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 amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that even when people are told this should not work, this won't work, there is no God or anything, they still right. it still works. Which is why I I like the idea now of um, having just done this podcast with the, the hypnotherapist guy. I like the idea of if I ever need therapy for anything i think i'm he said it's really frustrating because we hypnotherapists are always the last resort of any kind of therapy um, right he said we should be the first one like forget talking everything through you'll be doing that for 20 years come here we'll get inside your psyche like an exorcist would do but without any god or anything like that and we can help you change and the people who had exorcisms did get better they did that's that was what was sh like really frustrating for me i suppose was that yeah. the exorcist was right every time 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and you you do talk about that in the film that that <laughs> that you know you interview uh, one girl that you were present for her exorcism, and she and her family are there talking about how how well it worked. She's herself mm. again. She's she doesn't have she doesn't have problems that she had before, yeah. and and it and it worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but it doesn't turn off, out right. It doesn't turn out to have been a permanent solution, though. No. No, no. And I, because at the end of the day, and I, I think it can cause more harm than good because mm. I think it's one thing going to a hypnotherapist and you're very aware of what he or she is doing, what they are doing to you and what the process is and everything like that. And you know it's a bit, you are sort of plastering over cracks to an extent, but maybe that you know the deal when you go in. Right. If you believe in an exorcism, or in, ex in de demons and stuff, you don't. You're told about all this paranormal nonsense and it's going to mess with right. your head. She, this, this young girl, Candela, she's 17 years old and she's like, you know, she was slitting her wrists and things. And this is, you know, a cl as clear cut a case of somebody with some form, I'm obviously not a doctor, but some form of depression or whatever it might be. Um, so it's not helpful for her to not, she has to deal with, with the root issue and she's right. not doing that. And she had a good year because I stayed in touch with her after after the film, she had a good year of feeling much better. Hmm. And that's as far as suggestion and placebo could go in her case. Hmm. Yeah, it's and and it is tricky, right? It it because you want people to feel better. Yeah. But 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 boy, that's one of those things where if you feel it, you know, if she she ends up feeling better for a, a minute, but she has not addressed the root causes of anything. Yeah. So so yeah, I think I think it's very likely that she that 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 she'll end up being worse off than when she started out yeah. started out. It's a traumatic thing to go through. I mean, she'll never forget that even even if in many years time, you know, she's she's a, an atheist and she doesn't believe in this stuff, she'll always, she'll always remember what that process was like, what she went mm. through. It was, it was un, totally unnecessary, but but you can also see. I mean, I don't have any kids, but I, I can't imagine. Whenever I've heard people talk about having a child who has, whether it be you know anorexia, which she had as well, bulimia, yeah. depression, those kinds of things, and you're just you're helpless. You're you'll try anything, anything, yeah. and they were so desperate, all of them, to believe mm. that she, that this guy was right and that they were that she was fixed because they said it straight after the exorcism, didn't they? They were like, she's much better. And I was like, we well, haven't yeah. even spoken to her yet. She's better. <laughs> so, you know, oh, that's oh, belief. My gosh. So I'm curious how it felt for you to mm. be in the room, seeing mm. these things, hearing these people screaming mm. on the on the ground while a man yells at them over top. Because it's a it's an alarming process. The entire thing is 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 quite uh quite scary actually. Yeah, I think um. It's a really weird thing when you're when you're like a, um, a documentary TV presenter, like you're the on-screen journalist. So you're walking around again, like Michael Moore or whoever. That's because it's it's a really big tradition in England that I don't think is as big in in America. That kind of documentary. That's why I always mention right. Michael Moore. Um, but like I say, he's much more political, as you know. But um, when you have that, it's almost like a shield of armor. And you sort of, I guess that must be what Sasha Baron Cohen does as well. You sort of, you feel a little bit invincible. You're always aware of the camera and you're sort of caught in two minds all the time. Um, for example, if you're speaking to someone who you've grown to really care about and they are really suffering, you obviously feel terrible for them and it's awful. And then there's another part of your mind that's going like, oh, this is quite good TV. You know? <laughs> and you, you don't want to like, you don't want to admit that to even to, to yourself that you're enjoying that you know, it's right. horrible. 
but but I do believe that we, we all have sort of a selfishness within us and it doesn't mean we can't also be altruistic but uh, so, so when I'm in the room with these during the exorcism as I say the first one was like such a shock that even having the camera there was like I, I don't know what to do I've got you know um, yeah. especially because it's just me and my friend David so we're just like <laughs> what are we doing um, felt very scared for her this was Natalia the first one she, she's wow. a bit older maybe 30 or 40 and just, yeah she was hearing voices in her in her head mm. um, so yeah you go back and forth between sort of fear for her a tiny bit of excitement of like what have we just captured on film um, you want her to feel better and yeah you feel a bit desperate and, and you're there's not <laughs> she's I'm just thinking the whole time she's not gonna get better this might be great for our TV show. This might mm, yeah. be great for her for five minutes, but it's not going to help her. So you do feel a bit helpless, I suppose. That's that's what I took away from that. Hmm. I am I'm fascinated. Uh, I think that that's that. What you did was was, I mean, you you know, you're out there exposing something that's happening around the world frequently, mm. and yet and 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 yet it continues. Do you have any plans to uh, to revisit the topic or to or 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 what do you, what what are you working on now? Anything cool that we need to know about? Um, yeah, I, I don't know about revisiting the topics. I do love talking about it, but I don't want to end up being pigeonholed as like the exorcist guy, you know? Um, <laughs> sure. But I do love, uh, like I say, looking into, I think the same as you guys like as well, looking into, I think uh, it's it's all, you know, fun being an atheist and stuff. And I, I myself, I grew up in like a Jewish family and we had to learn like, to, to read Hebrew and stuff like that and you look back like what the f what was that you know what was I doing <laughs> but I was a kid but um, it's it's really fascinating for me really fascinating like, why do people then grow to adulthood and still believe this stuff like right. crazy so so other stuff I did um, was was like going to look for like UFOs for example in, in the mountains in Argentina and it was always like why do they want to believe so much why mm. that they're seeing not, not that there aren't aliens out there somewhere or whatever, but I'm sure as hell they're not like walking through this woman's living room, you know, the night, <laughs> the night before. So, yeah, yeah so, I, so I've got this uh, podcast called On the Edge with Andrew Gold. And I talk often with like, um, you know, I spoke with the son of the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Nathan Phelps. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. I had Nate on the show. Um <clears throat> And then I had like a, um, an ex-Muslim who called Ray, whose family were trying to kill her because she broke like the blasphemy law and stuff. She had to move to England right. from Bangladesh. Mm. Um, and she, it was actually you know, quite harrowing talking to her. But yeah, we got like a Hasidic, an ex-Hasidic Jew as well, a woman who, who came away from that. I mean, that world is just nuts as well. Yes, oh, we had, we had a Mormon as well. Oh. Um, yeah, but that wasn't really a religious one because I, I, I sort of moved back and forward between different themes and whatever happens to excite me that week. And this was a female Mormon psychopath called M.E. Thomas. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so she's, a, she's an actual psychopath and she told me like what it's like to be a psychopath. <laughs> well, if, if you ever want a male Mormon psychopath, Frank is available. Can talk to <laughs> that's, why, that's the reason I got in touch. I wanted to get Frank on the show at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get into his mind. Oh my God. But yeah, I said to her, I said like, what, how would you feel watching the screen now if somebody came from behind the camera and stabbed me a hundred times? And she was like, Andrew, I don't think you under, you know, I don't, I, I just don't care. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, <laughs> luckily that's not going to happen. But, yeah. And she's like, yeah, psychopath has no empathy, but she thinks that like the Mormon religion, having grown up there, 
is is like a good way to live by you know she needs okay. strict rules because she's not the type of psychopath who wants to go around killing people she's more the type who's just like i you know i want to live a normal life i just happen to not have any empathy <laughs> right wow well you know you have what you've just said to me you're maybe the first person that's made me happy that there's a mormon church uh <laughs> in a long time so what a wonderful thing you've done uh yeah, well, great. Andrew Gold, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank uh, you. Remind, say it one more time what, what the name of your podcast is and where people can find you. Okay, yeah, On The Edge, because they're people who are edgy. Uh, on The yeah. Edge oh. <laughs> with Andrew Gold. I've got the same name as the singer from the 80s. I don't know if you know him, but he was American. Um, he was the first one that came up when I, yeah. when yeah. I Googled oh, you. That <laughs> bastard. It's just, You'll I mean, beat him soon. You'll <laughs> beat him soon. He, he died about five years ago, so yeah. I'm doing better than him right now. I mean, yeah, exactly. I remember seeing that in the newspaper, Andrew Gold dies, and I had to sort of pinch myself for a second, but it wasn't me, obviously. <laughs> but he sang some big songs, actually. People sometimes sing them at me. and so it's now Oh, I, lovely. Yeah, I'm now sure I know them all. <laughs> right, I'm sure that's but, great. Uh, yeah, On the Edge of Andrew Gold, and, and I've got a website just called andrewgoldpodcast.com, and you can see all like the blogs and stuff. Yeah, you can get it all on Apple, Spotify. Like, just put it into Google. You'll find it. It's on a million things everywhere, you know. And Twitter. Are, are there Twitter. Is there also links to your uh, to, to the uh, documentaries there? Yes. Yeah. On Andrew Gold. Yeah, that's exactly right. Good point. Uh, AndrewGoldPodcast.com. Uh, then there's a bit called documentaries and you, there'll be a link to the exorcist one. And then there's also a link to like uh, the UFO video I did. Um and like, yeah, quite a few different videos and things. And you get all the podcast stuff there. So nice. wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Andrew. It's been a, it's been fascinating talking to you. And, oh, uh, and let us know when, when you're doing something interesting in the future. Oh, I will do. Um, oh, yeah. And I thought to say, yeah, follow me on Twitter, please, if you want, uh, which is Andrew Gold underscore OK. And it's Instagram as well. But. Well, uh, that was delightful. Uh, thanks. Indeed. Thanks so much again, Andrew. And for anyone who would like to say anything about uh, about Andrew's uh, interview uh, or any of the uh, wonderful things that we've talked about on this week's show, <laughs> please feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click the like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA members only lounge or request to join. It is a closed group. We will let you in. Also find us on Twitter at TGIAtheist. And you know what, Dan? What? If anybody out there likes what they, they hear on the show each week and would like to continue hearing it, please go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab. We can't do the show without you. Yes. Our donors are our favorite people, so go be one of them. Speaking of our favorite people, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.